Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Jingle all the way, everybody. Welcome to the Football Ramble. A great comeback at Old Trafford and Chrissy Wood got a hat-trick. It's Wednesday, 27th of December. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Andy Brassel. Welcome, one and all, to the Football Ramble. We, Luke Moore, are right in the Christmas perineum, aren't we? We are. Yeah. <laughs> right it in is. there. It's um, <laughs> Give it a little tickle. Give it a little scrub. Yes. Most if of it all, needs enjoy it. it by being disciplined. If it needs it. Um, a big flex from Andy there as we, uh, as we settle in. He takes off his jacket to reveal an Olympic Lyonnais top. Um, but before we get to any of the football, I just want to say thanks to friend of the Ramble, Exhausted Sam, for sending us today's intro line. Of course, you can become a friend of the Ramble too by heading over to patreon.com forward slash football Ramble. What a Christmas gift that would be. And if you're going, Christmas is finished, but what a New Year's gift. <laughs> There's <laughs> always a reason for the season. Exactly there is. Exactly there is, sir. Um, yes, uh, of course, uh, we've seen Liverpool go top of the table. They weren't top at Christmas, but they are top now. Uh, and uh, if you want to get Luke and Jim's hot takes after their top of the table clash with Arsenal, which happened on Saturday, of course, do listen to the latest Ramble Reacts straight after this, which yeah. is a bloody good listen, Luke Moore, if I don't mind saying so myself. Yeah, it was um, first half, just me telling Jim off for 
treating it like it was an Arsenal fan podcast. <laughs> so I battered him. Yeah, in the second good. half, he kind of got it fell into line a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, and it was, you know, it was a bit better in the second half. So give it a go. Exactly, yeah. If you want to hear Jim drunk and moaning about Arsene Wenger for some reason, then get, get yourself on, on AFTV. <laughs> yeah. I believe he's got uh, a gig. There we are. Right, uh, gentlemen, uh, Andy Brassel, I want you to just kick us off with some highlights of the weekend. Christmas Day highlights, Boxing Day highlights. I don't mind, but I know with your kind of lifestyle, there are tons of highlights. Oh, how long have there. you got? So many highlights. I've, I think my Christmas highlight was driving home from relatives yesterday, mm, having watched the Newcastle match, which they were obviously delighted with, all of them. Yeah. And um, <laughs> we were stopped at traffic lights just around the corner from our house. And there is a pub with a big screen that was showing Bournemouth versus Fulham. And um, oh, my son on. went to me, Dad, do you know what the score is? And I said, no, but I'm pretty sure that Joao Polina has just given away a penalty because all I could see as I glanced across from the traffic light stopped there mm. was him looking very guilty. And it turned out I was right. Yeah. Okay, so that's your highlight, you being smug because you were proved right by something you saw. He could have given distance. that penalty away for Bayern Munich if you played his cards right. Tell you what, this reminds me of, this is harking back to Andy's paparazzi day, seeing something dubious from a long distance, him calling it, putting it on the front pages. It's how you two met, isn't it? Well, we patched <laughs> up our I differences. Fell out of the tree. <laughs> we, we patched up our differences and my underwear and we never spoke of it again. <laughs> Look more, your highlight of the weekend. My highlight is that I went to go see Gosport Borough 1, Scholing FC 0 at Privet Park yesterday. Oof. And um, Scholing FC Paul Doswell, who was well known in the area oh. because he used to manage Haven at Waterlooville, which is a team that many people listening will be familiar with because they had a cup run not that long ago. Mm. Anyway, he manages Scholing FC now. There's a bit of spice in that because Gosport Borough are really a Portsmouth adjacent team and Scholing are a Southampton adjacent team. Here we go. And Doswell... And obviously, because it's a pretty private park, so it's non-league ground, so the crowd are very close to the benches and all the rest of it. And um, Paul Doswell got booked for shouting at the referee in the first half. And obviously, the referee came running over, gave him the yellow card. The crowd behind the goal were absolutely loving it. And basically, he didn't learn his lesson. In the second mm. half, he was still giving it some. And the referee came over and booked him again and then sent him off, right? <laughs> which meant he had to... Um, Either go and sit in the stand, which he wasn't yeah. going to do because like 400 people in the stand. All it's of not a Premier League ground. Yeah, or he had to go down the tunnel, right? Obviously, the crowd thought it was absolutely hilarious. Oh. And it took him <laughs> ages to accept the red card and leave the pitch side. And everyone was singing, cheerio, cheerio, yeah, all this stuff, lovely. right? As he walked past the main stand, a man of about 50, right, in a Santa hat, Love right, it. a few seats down from me, stood up basically right in his face grabbed his own cock and balls and went, oh, he does well. I've got some Christmas nuts for you right here. I love it. I to be fair to Paul it. Doswell, he did like laugh. He thought it was hilarious, mm. but he carried on. Obviously, had to carry on walking. But I just thought that is definitely going in the show tomorrow. Yeah, I, I just I love it when someone looks all sort of festive, or they look kind of like as if they could be a kids' TV presenter, or they dress up like that, and then they just lose. They completely forget who they are, what they're dressed yeah. like. It's brilliant. Yeah. Oh, marvelous. My um. I, this was a highlight for me over the weekend. We go to Egypt, of course, a very, very historical land. You always go there every year at Christmas, don't you? Uh, not every year. Uh, not, well, not, well, not any year, actually, <laughs> if I'm going to be truthful. Um, the Egyptian Super Cup semi-final. It took a mammoth penalty shootout, 34 penalty kicks to settle the wow. tie. 14-13 it ended. But it's the names of the teams. Could you get a more sort of... 
what would it be? I suppose juxtaposition, for want of a better word. Modern future beat pyramids 14-13 on penalties. <laughs> that is a battle for the future of the Earth right there. <laughs> that is absolutely marvellous stuff. No wonder it was such an epic shootout. Yeah. You know, in my mind, they're shooting lasers at each other or something. In my mind, modern future are using um, oh. a, um, a silver floating ball yeah. and pyramids are wearing sandals yeah exactly yeah amazing pyramids took <laughs> them to a penalty shootout if yeah, you think about yeah. the lack of equipment they had yeah um so yeah modern future are through pyramids are are out sad to um, see it yeah exactly yeah progress um, has got to happen i just move we, forward. We, we've spoken very very affectionately <laughs> yeah stop living in the past pyramids um we've spoken affectionately before about african club team uh, names um we, only affectionately about the names, not about what they were up to. Police machine, we don't, <laughs> don't forget. But but modern future of pyramids, they've got to go in the pot, haven't they? They've got Big to time. go in. It's beautiful, Ooh, totally. beautiful stuff. So there we are. Um, nobody's highlight of um, of the weekend was Manchester United 3, Aston Villa 2, other than Manchester United fans. It's, it's harsh. That's a harsh assessment. And some neutrals. Yeah. I I'm just saying so. I think there's a lot of goodwill towards Aston Villa. There is, particularly from you. Particularly took from it very me. personally when Man United turned it around last night. <laughs> <laughs> no, not having that. I want Aston Villa to win the league. I'm not happy with that. Yeah, and Rasmus Hoyland um, was clearly mugging me off. That's why he, he celebrated like that. Ah, that speller! Did you not see when he was beating his chest? I felt. I think. It, I mean, you disagree, Marcus, and I think. But I think Andy's on my team on this mm. particular point. I think it's a very hard heart indeed to to have watched Rasmus Hoyland score after how much he's toiled in the Premier League since his signing for Man United. Uh, it's a hard heart indeed who couldn't enjoy the sheer emotional release of that celebration. Yeah. I thought it was over the, I thought it was over the top. <laughs> um, no, 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 no you, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. He's, he's uh, been through a bit and yeah, you can't deny the raw emotion there. I also thought it was a, it was a remarkable game mm. for the obvious reason it's 3-2 and it's a bit of a barn burner and it's not the only 3-2 we've seen across this round of fixtures, which I'm sure we'll come on to, but the... The way that United turned that around, I mean, I'd love to get Andy's assessment because, you know, the type of goals United conceded to Villa mm. was so poor, yeah. like so poor, like disjointed, uninterested, and then went for their own part when they were struggling in the game. There was a point when Bruno Fernandes um, stood like miles offside for a United attacking free kick on the angle. And it looked like they had a training ground set piece ready to go. Then Christian Eriksen just smashed it into the wall from a position he was like literally never going to score from. And you're thinking, what, what's happening here? Yeah. Yet they go in at half time, and then the atmosphere's toxic as well, of course, because it, it has been. They go in at half time, come back out, fight their way back into it tooth and nail. Probably could have scored more than three goals and turn it around. And it's very difficult to assess what the narrative is at that club, given that everyone talks about how Ten Hag's days are numbered. Players aren't playing for the manager. No one knows what's happened. There's no leadership at the top. I just don't see how a group of players against a team who've been one of the best teams in the Premier League this season mm. can turn that around if they're not unified and not um, behind the manager. Just because I think a lot of Man United's wins come from the fact that they've just got loads more money and loads better players than some other mm. Premier League teams. This wasn't an example of that. So it's really interesting how they're able to do it. I could never see that happen mm. in a million years. Mm. And producer Finn texted us on the group and said when Villa scored their second, he said, this could get, this could get, this could get embarrassing for United. And I totally agree with him at the time. Well, yeah, the they turned it around. It was very, very interesting. The Ramble Twitter account sent up the Antonio Conte smoke signal. <laughs> you know, they went full Conte thinking he's he's going to be in the Lowry soon enough in the Jose Mourinho suite it's, it's <laughs> yeah. getting that bad but Andy as Luke says it was a remarkable win and at half time I don't think anybody would have bet on that happening 
Yeah, and I, I don't think it's just the manner of it, but it's, it's the actual result, actually, because it's a weird thing that Manchester United beat Aston Villa at Old Trafford and it's kind of a shock. You know, that's that's where we are at the at the moment, I suppose. Um, but, you know, it, it felt to me a little bit like, you know, you were saying, Luke, about the, the narrative and, you know, what, what this actually means. I, I think we could re- read too much into what it actually means. It just felt like um, an extraordinary night. And because we get relatively few of those at Old Trafford nowadays, it, it feels like it stands out. And it was um, a comeback atmosphere. It was a, a Boxing Day atmosphere. But I, I, in terms of, like, people will come out saying, this is could this be a turning point? No. I think we've seen enough before to know it's not a turning point. We know Manchester United can play exceptionally well for half an hour or a half. And that's what they did for, for, for the second half. But if if they go and lose their next couple of games, that's not a massive surprise to me either. You know, there are still a lot of holes in this team. And as you said, it was almost like um it it, it was like an effort of will, whereas normally you think just simply by having better individuals, which is mm-hmm. normally Bruno Fernandes than, than anyone else. Uh, th- this is what causes them to get points that they might not have done. Because I think it's easy to say, oh, okay, that well, they're still only eighth in the league. I think if you look at the points they've got and you look at the three teams that they're immediately in front of, you look at like West Ham, Newcastle and Brighton are all objectively better than them at the moment and for whatever reason they haven't got quite as many points as they should have and United actually have got probably more points than their performances merit so far but I I mean you you can't totally take the emotion out of it can you because Mm. like you were saying with Hoyland I mean Ten Hag spoke afterwards about yeah well he scored like five goals in the Champions League we we know he can do it Mm. but and, and I think you look at what he's not been able to do in the Premier League so far. It almost feels like a bit of a statistical anomaly. But of course, the way he celebrated underlines the fact that it's not. it doesn't feel like a statistically statistical anomaly to him. It feels no. like an absolute shitload of pressure. That's contingent with playing for Manchester United. And I think you can say like a lot of it's not his fault because they've not really created a lot of chances for him. He's been thrown into quite an unenviable position. No, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, it's not as if he's been missing chance after chance. Um, but yeah, I mean, Manchester United, you know, they are sitting in sixth, just three points behind officially the best team in the world, I might add, although they do have mm. two games in hand and are clearly much, much better. But I know what you mean. It's, it's it's an interesting one to look into because I kind of think this whole thing of, is could it be a turning point? As you say, Andy, we've seen that so many times, basically post-Ferguson. Do you know what I mean? Are Manchester United back? And I know people go, oh, come on, that was 10 years ago, whatever it was. But that's the that is the case. You know, people... Um, have been thinking, oh, now Manchester United are going to kick on and challenge for the title. I don't think that. But I actually do think there was something a little bit more in the performance uh, than there has been because at half-time, you know, let's be honest, people are going to, people might have started to think, okay, Ten Hag's days really are numbered and that is a much smaller number than perhaps we we thought before. Now, obviously, Sir Jim Radcliffe's acquired 25% of of the club, you know, we we, we think he might um, change the manager and, and so on. But when you produce a performance like that, that you were just talking about, Luke, it wasn't just a case of they squeezed through. It completely flipped. They made Aston Villa look like they were a lower half of the table side. Villa, okay, McGinn has that chance at 2-2, and if he scores, then who knows. But the, but the manner of the performance suggests that those players, I don't know, 
they listen to the manager, you know, because there's been talk of the manager not quite getting his message through to the players and a bit of unrest in the dressing room. But that performance doesn't just come from the players going, oh, sod it, let's start trying. There has to be something that's perhaps clicked that hasn't been in recent weeks. Yeah, and I think I think you're right to touch on the fact that Villa completely see the control of the game. And that shows the um, the power of momentum and the kind of ghosts that haunt Old Trafford still to this day, you know, sh- surely do have an effect. There was absolutely no reason why um, Villa couldn't, couldn't you know, continue to play as they as they wanted to play. There was we've not really seen them. If you look at the games they've had, you know, in recent weeks, they don't they just don't really lose games. You know, they lost one Premier League mm. game since whatever it is since it's really the start of September or whatever. Um, they don't tend to cede control of games. Emery's a really good coach. We know that, and it may be the fact that it was at Old Trafford at Christmas and you know whatever. But but they did they, they don't tend to do that. So the credit has to go to Man United. Even when even when Aston Villa made their changes, they brought at one point they brought on Diaby, who's had a brilliant start to the season, and Zaniolo, who's obviously got a huge amount of talent and can and can hurt teams. Um, didn't really seem to make too much difference. But don't you think? Don't you think that we put everything down to the manager? You know, it's it's the, th- it's the thing we yeah, do. If possibly. it's going wrong, it must be the manager. If it's going right, it must be the manager, and it must it, it must be something that's changed. Look in, in in the second half. Basically, the secret to it was Bruno Fernandes and. Marcus Rashford both played well at the same time. What well, Garnacho you know, as well? I mean, yeah, it, of, of course. But we know he can do that. And, and throughout this very uneven season of theirs, and you know, it's we're talking about Man United performances that have been even. You know, they've given like four different performances in the same game on many occasions. <laughs> you, you know, so we we know Garnacho can show up and and do his stuff. It's just what he does for the other 75 minutes that is part yeah, of the issue. Fair. Not that I'm saying that he's the main United issue, but that he's been the outstanding player for much of this season underlines how bad they've been, that how little we've seen of Rashford, how Bruno Fernandes has been great at times and totally abdicated responsibility and been an awful captain on others. As far as Villa go, I think this had everything in it to say, A, why people all over the world, not just here, mm. love Christmas football so much. And B, why it's such a terrible idea, why athletically it makes no sense at all because you get more inconsistency than ever before. And consistency is the biggest problem in the modern game anyway because of the ridiculous demands on players. And it was just one of them games where you thought Villa have been incredibly consistent so far. And this this wasn't them at all. But I don't, but don't think um, because of the games on Boxing Day... <clears throat> there's that makes us too much football. You know, I, th- I think there's a lot of factors that go into the fact that pre- players in England play too much. But, but I mean, what what you would say is this season's been particularly bad for players because probably the knock-on effect from the World Cup last Christmas mm. and the lack mm. of a break. If you look at the three fixtures that are happening tonight, uh, Brentford, Wolves, Chelsea, Crystal Palace, over to Man City, it could be 36 players across those three games missing through injury, you know. On average, that's obviously <clears throat> twelve per game. I mean, that's that's wild. That, yeah. I, I can't remember that ever happening before. You know, I, th- yeah. I think the uh, the other thing is if you go back to like last week, and you, you think actually since we last rambled, we've missed quite a lot of football. You know, the only yeah. the only day you didn't have football was Christmas Day for those of us who were square enough to not watch, watch Kazim Pasha versus Rizzo Sport on Christmas Day. <laughs> but um, I, I, the record, you would have watched that, but your family vetoed it. Let's yeah, make that absolutely yeah. clear. Yeah, you, you didn't. You asked me for my highlight of Christmas, not the saddest bit of Christmas. <laughs> there was unconfirmed reports of Andy shouting at his family, but John Joe Shelby's playing. 
Um, <laughs> good enough for John, just good enough for me, you, you know. But but I think I was I was I was just going to say if you t- t- look at the fact that we have been playing on every day and we will continue playing on it every day. That's not Christmas mm-hmm. Day. We're even playing on 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 New Year's Day. It, it's it's almost like COVID schedule at the moment, you know, where it was just a mm-hmm. string of days with football on all of them, and that is a bit crazy. You don't like it, Andy. You can leave. Yeah. Get, get yourself back to Leon, where, was, where it was apparently great. And I still haven't got a game in all of those. I've not been asked to play one of them. Well, you got your shirt on, though. Um, chaps, as we mentioned earlier, Sir Jim Ratcliffe has acquired 25% of Manchester United. This was confirmed at 4pm on Christmas Eve. It's been reported that he's preparing to cut 300 jobs. Happy Christmas, everybody. Uh, but the bit that I want to um, knuckle down uh, on is... Um, now, Luke, you mentioned the, the ghosts of Old Trafford. Uh, earlier in our chat yeah. um, Old Trafford has been given a food hygiene rating of 1 out of 5 uh, recently after complaints that they had allegedly served raw chicken at an event Patrice Evra was at the ground last night I don't know if the two <laughs> things are connected but this is interesting so you've got ghosts, you've got bad food Sir Jim owns a pub in London in a very fancy part of London London's Belgrave Square the pub was built in 1720 um, I believe it serves food but it is described as London's most haunted pub. Yeah. So you bollocks, t- put all it? that in mind. This is the man to sort it out at Old Trafford, surely. I, I think that um, the, the big Sir Jim here has got more trouble with the ghosts of Old Trafford than he's got with the ghosts of his pub, which well, almost certainly do not exist. The ghosts, <laughs> the ghosts of his pub attract the, the punters at least. Well, that's true. People go, people go there. That's the difference between the two venues. People go to the pub yeah. to try and glimpse a ghost over a pint. People um, <laughs> go to Old Trafford because they're, because they're, they want to forget about pub. the ghost. Do you want to glimpse a, a ghost? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. In his pub, the, the people, the, some of the people that have, have gone there, Prince William, the future king, Madonna, Queen of Pop, if you like, What are you Andy. doing? I'm just saying that if you want to go there, you'd be in good company. Apparently, George the Fourth once visited. Did, did you listen to the ramble yesterday? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did they do much about Jim Radcliffe? Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know. You, uh, Angus Deaton visits Old Trafford, so you've got to balance it up, haven't you? <laughs> Angus <laughs> Deaton. He's good. He's good. You could see Andy. Could, you could see him kind of grasping around. But where am I going to go? What's my go-to here? Will it be a Nick Hewer impression? <laughs> Will I, will I talk a bit about Kevin Keegan? You've gone for Angus Dayton. What's it, where's yeah. that come from? He's, he's a notable Manchester United fan. Is, is he notable. notable in any way? <laughs> he, he's the he first cer- one you thought of, is he? He certainly was. Uh, back you in say the Vish. Day. Yeah, Vish never, yeah, never goes, though, does he? The true he's too busy. Oh, at the, he's at the cricket. <laughs> he's, he's a man of the bat. Yeah, um, true. What, what's, what's interesting about this, joking aside, what's interesting about this Jim Ratcliffe situation is just that what I find kind of curious is that he is a, obviously a very, very wealthy man who made his money in petrochemicals, Come, so, a somewhat questionable environmental record, to say the least, right? Mm. His his oeuvre has all been about staying out of the public eye, you know. No one, it was, what's interesting is until he kind of got involved in Team Sky and all the rest of it, no one really knew who he was. Like, he mm. was, it's, it's quite rare for people to be that wealthy in this country and be British and not be known, because he was very, very unknown yet now i understand he's a main nice fan and all the rest of it but now he's kind of stepping into the spotlight in a massive way you know you think of you think of how famous the glazers are 
in football in this country. And they've not given an interview in 18 years. And no one's ever heard any of them speak, right? That's that's the size of like Man United's kind of um, attraction. So Ratcliffe, you know, he needs to really be careful of what he's going to do here because it's been reported that he's going to take control of the football operations, etc., etc. Every single decision he makes is going to be really scrutinised. And yes, you can say, okay, well, he owns Nice or he owns you know, a cycling team. So fucking what? No one cares about that. You're talking about the biggest football club, you know, with apologies to Liverpool fans, the biggest football club in the country, right? Get used to it, Sir Jim, because you are going to get a massive amount of scrutiny on you and everything you do from now going forward, uh, for better or worse. And given the state of Man United at the moment, probably for worse. Cool. Big words. Gentlemen, let us turn our attention uh, to another 3-2 match in the Premier League that happened yesterday. Sheffield United 2, Luton Town 3. The old proverbial six-pointer was won by Luton Town. Luke Moore, the Luton truffle pig, has sniffed, sniffed out another one, yeah. some very tasty little three-point morsels there. I actually had some truffle-infused um, gouda uh, yesterday. Bloody hell. Hmm. Which is on that, on that note, has treated myself. A little Sainsbury's said, number. Um, it was a Christmas it, barn burner, much like yeah. the Man United game. I mean, Luton are now one point from safety. I mean... And there's a long way to go, but what's impressive about this result for them is they went 2-1 down, away from home, against a big rival, you know, a rival who, you know, have shown early signs of really tidying themselves up at the back since Wilder's, Chris Wilder's come in as well. So to score three at Bramwell Lane is, is pretty good. Two very, very fortunate goals, like proper muck and bullet stuff, wasn't it? The kind of game <laughs> that, like, you, you have to, you know, if you are going to get involved in that kind of scrap, you need to come out the other side of it with a win. I mean, the first and last goals were particularly comical, to be honest. But, you know, what's impressive is they went 2-1 down and then they came back, you know, and I think it's early to say this now and I don't think it's necessarily going to happen. I mean, who knows? Because as we've talked about, injuries can pile up and they are starting to pile up for everyone already. So who knows which way it's going to go. But I'll just put this back to you guys. If Luton Town stay up this season, it's arguably the best achievement of any promoted club in, in the history of the Premier League, I would say. It's hard Ooh. to think of a more impressive achievement. Uh, for David Wagner's Huddersfield So there, there will be some other teams of, the sim of a similar profile yeah. who, who uh, I know Luton back in the day have, have, have been in the top flight and all the rest of it, but given that they weren't even really expecting to be promoted, and yeah. the, the, the absolute, st I mean, respectfully, I'm gonna, I, I should choose more respectful language in this, but I'm not going to. <laughs> the absolute state of their squad, I just think it will be a remarkable achievement because I thought the first few, three or four weeks of the season, you expect a promoted side of that nature to struggle and really come up to speed, take a take time to get up to speed. I thought they looked absolutely miles away, like mm. miles away. Um, they lost. Like their first four Premier League games, and they didn't pick up a win until they beat Everton, who were in a right old state at the time, away from home. It's not just the results, is it? I mean, they look really meek. I think yeah. in those those the early it, yeah. parts of the season, they looked really overawed, and they've grown into the season. They've also had a lot to deal with off the pitch, by the way, recently. Yes, you know, which is something to, that can you know needs to be taken into account too. Very, very difficult. Far more important than football, the stuff that's been going on. So they lot they 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 have a lot to credit them. This is a massive, massive win for them. Yeah, and I think when you look at the talking of that uh, emotional um, effort that they've, they've had to make in, in recent times, of course, they played that first home game since uh, Tom Lockyer was um, taken ill against Newcastle at the weekend. And they're brilliant in that. They really, really deserve to, to, to win against a team with far greater resource than, than them. They didn't steal that game at all. And 
I think what's the interesting thing here is they gave a completely different type of performance. This was a strange game because Sheffield United were better than them for most of it. And yet they found a way to dig in. They found a way to continue to to be brave, actually, when they were under the cosh a, a little bit. Now, I think if we talk about the way they've grown into the season, you look at like some of the situations that were created for them to get back in control of the game and you know when they were when they were two one down um obviously those those two goals and particularly the, the, the winning goal the Ben Slimano own goal was 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 quite fortunate it's not but, unlucky it's poor according to Chris Wilder Andy <laughs> well yeah but we'll, we'll come to that but I think the way they continue to try and find a way to take the game to Sheffield United, even though they, they weren't playing fantastically well. The fact that Amari Bell, who's the third centre-back, was almost playing as an attacking left-back, really, um, that that showed a bit of imagination. That showed... You can see some of these players thinking, and like Gabriel Osho is another one, looking around and thinking, actually, I can be a Premier League player. Yeah. Bollocks to what anyone else thinks. You know, mm. I, I, can, I can really do this. And... Like Rob Edwards, who's completely learning on the job as well. He's a very inexperienced coach um, in, in global terms. You can tell that he's he's growing into this as well. But a very charismatic and handsome man, Andy. Which uh, yeah, will, that is true. Which that is will true. usually go in your favour. Um, and 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 the players seem to believe in him and what he's doing. But also, and not in this game in particular, of course, but also they do have a couple of players with a bit of experience in there. Because when Ross Barkley, I know Luton Town fans are going, come on, we've got other players than Barkley and Townsend. But they are now makes starting to... Well, it does make a difference, yeah. and they're starting to show. And again, if you are a player, as you say, who's come up through the lower leagues, or even just been playing in the championship, and you have a couple of guys who think, I, I remember what cheering that guy on when he was wearing an England shirt, you know, whatever. Seen that Barkley play in the Europa League final and, and so on. He's now with us, and he's stepping up. It gives you a bit of confidence. Definitely. I mean, and, and Barkley and Townsend, of course, combined for Townsend to get the only goal against his old team sure, Newcastle. season. Could be, could be. <laughs> you did, you did be... take the moment to really acknowledge it on the WhatsApp group. You were very, very pleased. Well, I mean, how can we not be pleased? The amount know? of sunglasses emojis that were being used is incredible to watch. It's just such a shame that the, the, the Euro squads aren't as big as they were last time round. But um, <laughs> Still times. Before... Which... Listen, they carry on like this, they'll be yeah. unignorable. Oi, they're in the conversation. <laughs> Quite literally, and people are saying no, Listen, they're not. They're yes, in, they are because this, in ladies this and gentlemen, yeah. is the conversation. Everyone's in this fucking way. conversation. This yeah. is the one that Gareth Southgate tunes into, and he's like, "What are the guys? <laughs> what are the guys saying? What should I be doing?" But yeah, so it's, I mean, it's it's a great one for them. Obviously, great for the young lad Doherty to score his first goal in the Premier League. Nice interview with him after as well. He's yeah, like, oh, it's amazing, you know. Um, so perhaps more for to come from him. Um, but a damning result for Sheffield United. But as you say, Luke, they do look improved under Wilder. Just at the back, I, th- I think I think they seem to be a bit more organised. I think the question really is just, you know, how much improvement can they make? Because there's even mm. been flashes from. I mean, you've spoken about Luton. That was a massive game because they're a rival. There's been flashes from Burnley. They've they've won games in recent memory. Obviously, Everton put a huge run together um, before they lost to um, to Spurs narrowly. You know, even Nottingham Forest got a win. You know, and and then you get up to the realms of teams like Crystal Palace, who although are on a terrible run, they're just better than Sheffield United, like far better. So like, it's it's still slim pickings for them. It's pretty thin gruel when you're looking to credit them with stuff, but um, they have shown a little bit of improvement. Um, who who knows? It just it just depends whether they can improve enough. I suspect the answer is probably no, but but they have shown a little bit. The good news is though for Sheffield United fans is if they do get relegated, then they will be featured 
on the podcast, Second Tier, our fellow Stack Show, of course. All the reaction to the championship, the second tier is your place to go. And of course, when you have a good game last night, Leicester City and Ipswich Town, they faced off and an own goal in the 93rd minute from former Saints man Yannick Vestergaard gave Ipswich a one-all draw. All that kind of juicy chat, all the reaction from the Boxing Day games, second tier is the place to go. The Championship is a huge league and it is the feeder league to the Premier League as it's proudly known. (laughs) (laughs) It's just known as the thanks very much, we'll take it from here league. Isn't it? Exactly. Dust yourselves up. No, but Justin, Justin, Ryan are great. They, they, they cover every. They, they did work like absolute Trojans. Cover every single match day. They know their stuff. They're brilliant. If you, if you are a fan of Championship football, and as Marcus says, let's face it, why wouldn't you be? Then mm-hmm. second tier is the one to search for in your podcast app for sure. Absolutely. Right. Let's have a quick break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. Ah, Leeds fans during their 4-0 defeat of Ipswich Town on Saturday. They're the real uh, winners to, there, aren't they? They are the real winners, 4-0 <laughs> winners. Thanks to Marie Smith on the Football Ramble Discord for choosing that clip. Now, 
A quick reminder that our Toshiba competition starts on Friday. Friday, everybody. And if you are German listening to it, this is Freitag we're talking about. Yeah. It would be quite odd if you were fluent in English, but you didn't yeah, learn that word. If you word. got through half an hour of the show <laughs> and enjoyed it still, I don't think you're confused about a day of the week. Are you? <laughs> oh, thank God for that. So from Friday, uh, we are giving you the chance to win three brand new 50-inch Toshiba Fire QLED TV. That's one each, by the way. One person can't have three. <laughs> they can't. <laughs> but they can have all 50 inches, Luke. Oh, that's not As the first you time you said before. that to me. Yeah. <laughs> we were in Subway once. That's all I'm saying. We went to Subway yeah, we, together. And what a trip it was. Um, so stay tuned and listen out for details of how to enter at the end of Friday's show. It's, it's very simple. Um, but you've got to find out at the end of Friday's show. Like Sam Allardyce going after his next Premier League job, you might as well just throw your hat into the ring because you never know. Absolutely. You've got to be in to win it. Bloody exactly, yeah. as Mr. Partridge once said. <laughs> now, let's go to the Chris Wood derby. Newcastle United 1, Nottingham Forest 3. Chrissy Wood hat-trick. It was Roy the Rover stuff, Andy Brassel. Wasn't it just? Um, I, 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 there's a lot to like about Chris Wood. I'd forgotten he had the ability to take goals like that. You know, there as well. Always a very lovely bunch. Lovely yeah. bunch. Yeah, uh, they're, 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 they're three terrific finishes, um, particularly the second two. And um, yeah, I, I guess this is the point where Newcastle properly ran out of steam. Um, they were good the first half, I thought, um, but but they were always they they looked a, a little bit vulnerable on the on on the break. And um, Anthony Alanga was was excellent throughout. I thought Morgan Gibbs White was really really good uh, too. And um, yeah, Forrest took advantage of the fact that Newcastle were like you know, yeah. or Roberto Duran and Normas. It was a yes. surprise really <laughs> because Newcastle have been really really good at home. That that has been the thing that has has, has propped them up so far this season. And um, yeah, this was this was just the point where they, they they just didn't have any more left. I didn't think. Yeah, Newcastle seem to be there for the taking. Look for, for some yeah, teams, they, they go there with a, a belief. I mean, they've lost four in their last five Premier League games there, but you've still got to put them away. And as you say, Forest under a new manager, of course, they went up there and Gibbs White was at his swashbuckling best at times. Um, Wood scores a hat trick. They gave Santo his first win as Forest manager. Suddenly looks. Pretty rosy. It's very early days, of course, but it's a great win. Well, I think I think that um, Andy's touched on it, and you, and you followed up on that, Marcus. I totally agree. If you look at the kind of front three, the three that sit behind Chris Wood, you know, to all intents and purposes, you know, Alanga, who's got great pedigree, yeah, international player, still young, can improve a lot. Morgan Gibbs White, who is, a, I mm-hmm. think, a, just a fantastic player. I think he's so underrated. And Callum hudson Adoy, who was, you know, not that long ago, has been you know, linked to Bayern Munich for 30 million quid or mm-hmm. whatever. And was one, of, one of the jewels in Chelsea's crown in the previous era. That is a team that, that should be a front th- or a three behind a one who can hurt you. And Chris Wood can finish. You know, he's, he's probably had a little bit of a um, difficult career in recent years through probably a victim of circumstance more than anything else. He obviously went to Newcastle for you know, decent money. That was an unsettled situation because things were moving around a lot. He's clearly got pedigree. I mean, he's, he's a guy who scored double figures in the Premier League, you know, on more than one occasion, I think. I, I don't mm. quote me on that. It's off the top of my head. I think he has. Um, and then you look at the situation Newcastle are in. There's talk of Eddie Howe fearing for his job, which seems a touch premature to me. But then look at, but look at the January they've got, Andy. 
Andy. My Look God. at that January. It's a perfect storm. They've got they've got massive Premier League teams to play and a rivalry game in the Cup. I don't think it's outrageous to say if things go badly for, for him and them, this time next month, he could be in real trouble. Honestly, I, I do I do honestly think that. I'm not saying I agree with it or not. I'm just saying it could be the case. They've gone out the Champions League in the group stage, of course. I know you have your own opinions on that, Andy. It's early stages and all the rest of it. But I would just say... Keep an eye on that because I think there's more to that than, than people perhaps think. On the Chris Wood thing, you know, the first goal is, I mean, you say the second two or the second or third of the, the pick of the game, uh, pick of the bunch, I'd probably agree with that. The second one's an absolute beauty. He sends Dan Byrne for a Christmas leftover sandwich and it's a <laughs> lovely finish. Uh, the yeah. first one, though, he checks his run nicely, good yeah. movement. Third one gives the keeper the eyes and goes round him. And it's a brilliantly timed run to beat the offside trap. What I loved about the third goal was just that he was so confident and you see this happening quite a bit with strikers, don't you, Marcus? Where they're, they're on form, they're confident, their timing of their runs mm. is going so well, they pick it perfectly. He was just on absolute fire. Um, yeah. Newcastle fans were going, oh, yeah, typical, he scores a hat-trick against us. That seems to be how football works sometimes. But at the back at the moment, Newcastle look just... I mean, I, it's, just, it's just torturous watching Kieran Trippier play at the moment. I mean, they've lost six of their last seven basically through exhaustion. And yeah. and that's a problem. And why Eddie Howe isn't just trying to blood young players to come through? Because if you're going to lose games anyway, you might as well give them the experience and give Trippy the rest because you get an added bonus of getting him back fresh. It seems yeah. an odd decision-making to me. Maybe he just thinks he's, he's so important for the group that he needs to play him every time. But I don't see who it's benefiting. Yeah, I mean, at the back, they have just the, the, the back door and the front door were open against Forrest. Mm -hmm. the whole, it was ridiculous the way that they were just dancing through. And as you say, I mean, could could well have been more. But I, I mean, Santos' first win as Forrest manager bodes well for him. Well, Nuno is, I, I think he's interesting because Nuno, because of that really poor spell at Spurs, has got a particular tag stuck to him at the moment, which I think is really unfair because he was just miscast for the Spurs job. He was about 78th choice for it. And he, he came into a, a, a situation which was just thankless, really. It was never going to last for long. And, you know, sometimes coaches take the wrong job. It's just how you recover from that. I, th I think with Eddie Howe, no one at the club or no one immediately in the vicinity of Newcastle thinks Eddie Howe's in danger because they realise what he's done since he, he, he took over. Now, the, the only people who think he's in danger are thinking that um, they're thinking on a Champions League level now. They realise that they were, you know, riding the crest of a wave to get in it last season. I don't think a lot of people out there really expect them to get in it again for, for next season. That's unreasonable. And it's become even more of an unreasonable expectation with the way that Villa and, and, and Spurs have improved. It's really squeezed stuff at the, the, the top of the table. I think really, people who've watched Newcastle on a regular basis, what's happening at the moment is normal. What's happened in the weeks before that Manchester United home game, because of course they've lost five out of six since they, they, they beat Man United at home. The fact that they've continued to win home games, particularly against really 
good teams, and you know you think they've they've beaten Arsenal, um, United are a name. You know they've 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 got some that, that absolutely battered Chelsea. They've beaten some big names really over over the last couple of months. That is the remarkable bit, not what's happening to them now. This is just a growing pain because it's hap- all happened so fast. And Eddie Howe, no one up here doubts him at all. No one up here doubts him at all. And if they have a shit next three weeks, that is going to make absolutely no difference. They need to give him the tools. They are not going to go and get a better manager than him in, in, in the next in the next month or, we shall or two see. months or, well, or six months. Well, it's not just Eddie Howe they've got, Andy. They've also got Jason Tindall. Exactly. Lest we forget. Oh, well, um, you know, if there's if there's a reason for firing Eddie Howe, <laughs> the big man at the ter- top. Terrible judge uh, of character. <laughs> did you see that he... Um, he sent a little message out to the Newcastle United fans, a little video of him, um, in which he said, wishing you a very Merry Christmas. Hopefully, it's not your last Christmas. And we'll... <laughs> yeah. Psychotic. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I, I, I assume and hope, for everyone's sakes and souls, that he was talking about Wham! last Christmas. Otherwise, yeah, who knows, who knows. Um, I would like to say that I, I managed to avoid Wham! again this year. Well done, mate. No way, yeah, how that... did you do that? I went into a cave for the whole of December and shut my ears and eyes. If only that was true. Yeah. <laughs> Naughty. I took my microphone with me. Um, <laughs> elsewhere in the Premier League, Eddie Howe's old side, Bournemouth, are kicking everybody's asses. They beat the, the mighty Fulham 3-0. Fulham, of course, once the form team in the Premier League this season. Now Bournemouth very much have that mantra. Their fourth Premier League win in a row. They're unbeaten in seven. They're up to 10th in the table. It is scintillating stuff down on the South Coast. Look more. Finally, a team on the South Coast is producing scintillating displays, although Southampton did win 5-0 yesterday, lest we forget. But scintillating Sinistera with an absolute peach against the Mighty Whites. It's weird. Um, that, like, the, catalyst, the catalyst for Bournemouth seems to have been getting absolutely hammered by Man City. And, then, and it's like, almost like Iriola sat down with them and said, look, you can you can go one or two ways here now, mm. and they've chosen they've chosen the good way, and they've been brilliant ever since. Solanke's I mean, there's been people around who've said they didn't think Solanke ever had it in him, but he's shown that he does. Was that, is that you, Andy? Was it? I didn't. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was you, but I thought no, yeah. Andy's a football expert. He'd never say something like that. No. Um, <laughs> and, and he's been brilliant ever since. It's not only the fact that they've um, they've been winning games. You know, they've been. Pretty, I mean, overall, they've been pretty decent at the back. I know they conceded two against Villa, who were a really good team, and conceded had a bit of a life-or-death game last time out against Forest. Um, but aside from that, they've been pretty decent at the back as well. Um, I wonder at what point you start pushing the panic button for Fulham, though, Marcus, because they're only six points off relegation now. Yeah, don't start that. No, you don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Bert Leno's lost his head. Well, yeah, Fulham have lost their last three, and they've been... I mean, losing at home to Burnley was was a bit of a damning one. Um, at least there was a positive in the game that, that Rebecca Welsh became the first ever woman to referee a, a Premier League match. So some important yeah, ground amazing. broken there. But in the game itself, you know, a brilliant win for Burnley. My goodness, what a three points for them. And yeah, pretty damning for Fulham. Uh, maybe that's why Burnt Leno decided to, um, well... Uh, I, I was about to say touch a ball boy, but that sounds even worse than push a ball boy. Um, but yeah, don't say Silva... touch. <laughs> don't, don't say that. That's not what happened. Well, Marco Silva said he touched the ball boy. He didn't push the ball boy. They are different things. When you touch a ball boy or you push a ball boy. I am not English, but I know the difference between one word and the other. What can we and we have to say the truth in that moment. Yeah. And Bert Leonard's going, please say I pushed him. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
He gave him a little push. He did give him I a love, little I push. Love, I, him. Yeah, I love the uh, the dressing room afterwards. Like, but I, I know what you're trying to do, Gaffer, but I think you're yeah. making me look worse. <laughs> I know. I mean, Marco Silva, like I said, if if he's if you're in his camp, he'll defend you to the hilt. He yeah. really will. You know what he's like. But yeah, so Bert Leno could face some punishment there, retrospectively. So yeah, so he he was a little bit unkind to the ball boy. He did apologise. Yeah, but they all and... had a massive problem with the ball boys, generally, didn't they? They said that um, yeah. that they they had been under instructions to slow the game down. In fact, it got yeah. so bad at one point that the referee ordered for the multi-ball system to be stopped. Uh-huh. So he's. I think he just want either it's because of the Leno thing or because he no, wants... it was after the push. Right, that, okay. That he okay. ordered the multi ball to be stopped. But I mean, it's the oldest trick in the book, really, isn't it? Ever since well, multi drips of Mourinho, it's got dripping what, with Mourinho. That what what made me laugh is the fact that um, Marco Silva. That wasn't the funniest thing he said. He said he was too sad about the performance to complain about them time wasting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Marco! Poor Marco. Marco, but he Marco, must wonder well, what kind of t- t- team he's managing because it wasn't really that long ago. In fact, it was the same calendar month we're in now where they two back-to-back 5-0 wins. Yeah, then they go and have days. that kind of... Great days they were. Yeah, <laughs> you never forget them. No. Um, you never forget the friends you made um, <laughs> on the way. But then they, they followed that up with that really unfortunate kind of... We'll say unfortunate when the Raul Him and they're sending off. They got whooped mm. by Newcastle, who are vulnerable, as we've said. Uh, yeah. Then they lose at home to Burnley and now they've been battered again. They've got Arsenal next. You know, it's, it's a tricky situation. It is a tricky situation. I mean, Jimenez, yeah, Jimenez started playing uh, the football that we, we hoped and wanted he could play and then immediately does that. You think, oh, blimey, it's they've a got, setback. They've got Chelsea as well coming up, haven't they? Yeah, and Liverpool well, the you never know. I don't want to bore everybody with too much Fulham chat. Um, but there we are. It's my Christmas too. It is my Christmas too. <laughs> so, um, tonight, though, Chelsea versus Palace, Brentford versus Wolves, Everton versus officially the best team in the world, on planet Earth, Manchester City. Manchester City returning to the Premier League, of course, after winning the Club World Cup on Friday. That's why they are officially the best team on the globe. They beat Fluminense 4-0 in the final. Jackie Grealish and Kylie Walker got into a fight with Felipe Melo. Who is old enough to know better, let's be fair. A previous winner of the Golden Bin in Italy. Uh, Melo accused Grealish of shouting ole at the end of the game. And of course, Grealish denied it. Well, he said he was defending one of his teammates, Felipe Melo. But, um, I mean, he's not a bloke. Even at his advanced age, he's not a bloke you would really pick a fight with, I think. I mean, mm. they, they call him the pit bull for a reason. He used to there do this. The, he used to do the pit bull celebration where he got down on his, his hands and knees. Don't um, stop the party. And, and, and did, the, <laughs> did the sort of crawl. And um, it's, it's, it's funny because he, he got so into that character there was this time when he was playing for Galatasaray and um, they did all their subs he had to go in goal and he saved a last minute penalty to preserve a 1-0 win and uh, you know there's few things better in football than an outfield goalkeeper saving a penalty I mean that's, oh, yeah, that's, yeah. that's pretty good but he was so in character he saved the pen and he started doing the pit bull celebration. He started crawling across the pitch. And you're looking at it, kind of the ball's still in play. The, like, <laughs> genuinely, what are you doing? But all his teammates were far too scared yeah. of him to say, Felipe, you can't do that. Yeah. Um, so he just he just carried on doing it. Also, how he's rare fire, is it? He's for... a fireball, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> how rare is it for a player to put in another 400 appearances for other clubs after they've gone to Galatasaray as well? Love it. Love that. It's amazing. It's so, so good. He loves the game. Yeah. He, do- he loves the game and we love him. Um, maybe he got the wrong end of the stick because Felipe Melo accusing Jack Grealish of shouting Ole, which obviously is taking a piss. You know, if you, you know, 
cheering your passes or whatever at the end of the game. Maybe, though, Jackie Grealish saw old uh, Gunnar Solskjaer up in the stands. He was like, Ole! Yeah. There he is or up there. maybe he was stopping um, Felipe Melo getting a phone call from his grandson. <laughs> so, I, th- I, think, I think the thing we're overlooking is a while ago, uh, Jack Grealish, we stereotype him really as this, you know, typical British, likes to win and then go for several drinks afterwards. He did say a while ago he was learning Spanish. So I think he's mistaken Fluminense for a Spanish team and he's just trying to do a bit of intercambio between Felipe Melo who's taking it the wrong way. That is true, Andy. And we should also say that perhaps he wasn't drunk after the Man City celebrations, you know, uh, yeah. when they won the trouble. What, what I would say, Andy... <laughs> completely <laughs> mischaracterised him, we? we stereotype Jack Grealish chiefly because of his own confirmed actions. <laughs> I mean, it's not... I mean, it's largely based on the stuff he's actually done, isn't it? Yeah, I, I don't think there's any stereotype. We're just yeah. responding to what we've all seen. Yeah, yeah. possibly. Yeah. Oh, by the, uh, talking of Grealish, do you like the... Um, the nickname, uh, the very, very talented Bournemouth midfielder, Alex Scott's got the old Guernsey Grealish. Nice. It's lovely, that, isn't it? Because the way he runs and the way he moves, it is a little bit Jackie G. I wonder, what, I wonder if um, the Channel Lions have kind of punched above their weight when it comes to producing football players. Matt Letizier? so. Tiny place. I cannot wait for Alex Scott's podcast in 15 years' time. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, well, I was about to say, I cannot believe Luke just mentioned Matt Letizier in a positive light there and didn't say anything <laughs> else. What? I, just, I, I can't. I, I don't live in a cave, Marcus. I, I do understand that he's a very Come talented to mind, if you player. Yeah. I wish. I mean, before the way we carry on going, by the end of the season, Matt Tisse will be living in a cave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but, uh, but um, obviously, he's a talented player. There's no no yeah. question about that, is there? No question about that. But on the Man City front, can I just um, potentially yeah. say that this is a really interesting game? Them going to Goodison Park. Because Everton yeah. have been resurgent. We know what Sean Dyche is like. He'll have his team at it. He'll, he'll, this, this is a real chance for us. They've been. He'll be. He'll be telling them all sorts of tales about how Man City have been lording it up yeah. in the Club World Cup. Look at what they think they are. Look he'll at just signed Felipe Melo. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, he will. They're going to come to town. They're going to come to Ever- mm. Everton. They're going to think they can roll us over. We've been brilliant recently. We can keep this up. This is actually a real baptism of fire for Man City back in the Premier League after a couple of weeks off or whatever yeah. it is. The league has quite literally you know, moved on a couple of games since they've been playing in it. Um, and they, they're under pressure themselves. They, they find themselves in fifth. All right, they've got yeah. a game or two in hand. It's not, it's not an easy game back, back at Goodison Park. I think it'll be a really, really interesting game. City have a really tatty record there as well. Yeah, you have to underline that too. I predicted a one-nil win to Everton, Andy. That's what I've done. Have you? Everton haven't won it. Andy, Everton haven't beaten Man City since like 2017, though. It's that mad 4 0 game. They're going to win it tonight. Well, we'll see. Uh, And by the way, any Everton players that are listening to this, don't start on Jack Grealish because Carl Walker will get involved and he commented on the situation on Instagram saying, no one starts on my Jack. Oh, that's cute. That's <laughs> nice. Quite cute. That's lovely, isn't it? Yeah. And, what, and, and, and that is in part what the festive spirit is all about. Uh, of course, love. So there we are. Thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble, part of the ACAST Creator Network. We're back on Friday for the preview show. Patreon subscribers, don't go anywhere though. Keep listening for Ramble Uncut. And if you're not a Patreon subscriber, sign up to get Ramble Uncut every single Wednesday. Head over to patreon.com forward slash football ramble. Also follow us on Twitter, TikTok, YouTube and Instagram at Football Ramble. And don't forget to subscribe on your podcast app, everybody. There we are. Thank you, Luke Moore. I think you're supposed to call it X these days. Uh, thank, thank you very much. See you, see you next time. <laughs> thank you, Annie Brassel. Thank you. And thank you, Elon Musk, for enriching our lives yet again, you brilliant bloke. Merry Christmas, everybody. We'll see you on Friday.
Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.